Well, guess guess what? I uh, I hadn't been recording over on my on my audacity, Uh-oh. so I may I'm I'm gonna have to do this intro one more time. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've been recording, but it only gets mine anyway. So yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Science Guy, don't spray that aerosol in my eye. Fry don't, fry, I don't really want to die. I'm a noble rabbit. Where do you come up with this shit? Hey, watch the language, little boy. Whole fucking world's against us, dude, I swear to God. Welcome to an all-new episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that took a couple of weeks off, then a couple more, and then 14 more weeks after that. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Right, stop that. Yeah, no, we're, we're not going to have any of that in the episode this week. None of that at all. Anyway, the episode that you are about to listen to was actually recorded back on April 18th. It was a live stream I did with my Superman Super Show co-host and buddy, Ed Moore, and it's taken me this long to finally work up the strength to put it all together. But here's the thing. It's pretty long. It's almost two hours long. So I have split it up into two separate episodes. The first one you're going to get today and the second one you'll get next week. For this first one here that you're getting today, Ed and I play a little game, and it's important to know here, well, it's important to repeat the fact, I guess, that uh, this one, again, was recorded back in April. You really need to know that, because the game Ed and I play is centered around our Superman Super Show one-year anniversary, which was, once again, back in April, and not in August, as this episode is coming out. So as you listen along to Ed and I having fun and playing the game and cracking wise and all that junk, and and you start thinking to yourself, well, hold on now. This is for their first full year of doing the Superman Super Show, but didn't that happen like four months ago? Well, yeah, just know that it did happen four months ago in April when all of this was recorded. Not this part, This part you're listening to right at this very moment, these words that are coming out of my mouth, this was recorded in August, which just happens to be the same month that this episode is being released. But everything coming up was recorded in April. Okay? Yes, sir. Are we clear, Crystal? Okay, then. I guess I feel like I have sufficiently beaten that dead horse. So without any more ado, I'm going to play just a bit of music, you know, kind of a super short transition piece and then you'll hear me introduce the live episode and i'm gonna be teasing the idea of doing a live show or not you know going forward it's it's really kind of dumb and it doesn't actually resolve itself until i play you part two next week but suffice it to say there's no weekly live show but you know that already considering that everything you're about to hear and the tease that i make was recorded back in april And there hasn't been a live show since. Anyway, here is part one of the only episode of Just Another Fanboy Live, which, one more time for those of you in the back, was recorded in April. Enjoy. 
right. Hey, folks, welcome to the first and maybe only episode of Just Another Fanboy Live. I'm your host. My name is Steven. Uh, why might this be the only episode of Just Another Fanboy Live? I am going to explain that to you here in just a moment. But first, let me introduce the guest that I have with me here today. He's my partner in hosting over there at the Superman Super Show. Ladies and gentlemen, a thousand miles to my right, Mr. Ed Moore. There he is. Howdy, folks. Glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, longtime listener, first time <laughs> caller, uh, you know, all that stuff. You know, I, I, I think when we talked, well, when we've been talking about you coming on to just another fanboy, I kept, we, we, we hadn't decided on what we were going to talk about, right? We just, right. Eh, we'll just, just see where the, see where the night takes us. We'll just start right. talking and, and, you know, and I, 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 that's up until probably about 9 a.m. That had, that had been the plan. Um, but then I, I, I started, I, I remembered that earlier in, in the life of just another fanboy, uh, as far as the, the second round, the, the round that we're doing right now, I used to do these live shows like, uh, the, like November of 2020 through January of 2021. It's like every, uh, every week or something I would have a guest on. I had like a couple of the guys from half hour wasted. I talked to the, to, to, uh, uh, Michael kill. Uh, and you know, I would do those live and, um, then eventually I made audio episodes out of them and they're part of the, just another fanboy feed. And then the live videos are over there on YouTube. You can find them on the YouTube channel, which if you're watching this on YouTube, you're already on the channel, but one of the things I had done with a few of those guests, not many, uh, to to kind of pad the episode out a bit, I had created this little thing I called Steven's Game. Okay. And uh, had them play. And for example, like when I had uh, Brad Milo on from Half Hour Wasted, we he was on and we we talked about the second season of The Mandalorian. And we did that for like an hour and then we went into the game and it was basically uh, all Star Wars stuff, Star okay. Wars trivia, that kind of thing. Um, so that's it. That's what I'm going to do here with you. It's not going to be Star Wars. OK, but we're going to play a little thing called Steven's Game. And because as of today, the day that we are streaming live you and I are actually celebrating a little anniversary. We, uh, our, the podcast we do together, the Superman super show, it turned one year old today. Yep. And so what I thought I would do is create this thing that I call Steven's game and, uh, make it all about golden age Superman. And primarily the stuff that we've read, you know, nothing, okay. nothing that we haven't, we haven't done yet. So right. that's what we're going to do right now. Um, now we're going to see how bad my memory is. See, that's, that's what I think is going to be fun about it. See, now I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm not going to be playing the game with you. I'll be, I'm like the host. So oh, ultimately okay. you are just competing against yourself. Right. Really. Okay. Um, Gotcha. The, the game consists of three rounds. Each round uh, is worth a number of points. And okay. uh, by the end of the game, you 
basically you have the potential to earn a hundred points. Okay. And when I had done this previously, I think I did it first with, with, um, Frank, a Rencon from half hour wasted. And then when I had Brad, Brad Milo on, we did it as well. And so they ended up kind of, you know, how did, how did Frank do? I want to, I want to get a better score than Frank, right. even though okay. Frank's was all tailored to the Simpsons and Brad's was all tailored to, uh, Star Wars. So are you ready to give this game a try? No, let's go. We're going to start with round one. I'm calling it Superman Super Trivia. So I'm going to give you five. We're going to go through five Golden Age Superman trivia questions. Each question is worth five points. So during round one, you have the potential to earn 25 points. They are going to be multiple choice. So makes it a little bit easier on you. Okay. And uh, all right, let's, let's do this. Here we go. Question number one. What was Jimmy Olsen's first job at the Daily Planet? Was it A, the janitor, B, the office boy, C, the photographer, or D, foreign correspondent? Uh, Let's go with B, office boy. B, office boy. That is correct. And actually, before we go any further... Had to find a pin because I want to make sure I ah tally tally up your score. All right. Hey, question number you know, two. You're talking about anniversaries. There's another anniversary today. Okay. Action number one came out. Mm. Just that's right. A, there's a, a couple there's, years ago, but you know. yeah, number because that was kind of the point when we you know you're the one that came up with the idea. Uh, when we, when we were talking about doing the Superman super show, I was ready to start it. I don't know what, almost a month earlier. And you said, well, wait a minute, isn't there, isn't there anniversary coming up here in in April? And let's, why don't we kick off episode one on that anniversary? Now, since then, I've learned that, that, uh, anniversary date, what is, what is today? Is it the 18th? 16th. April 8th. Or 18th. Yeah. April 18th. Uh, that that's kind of a hotly contested. Um, yeah. So, all right. You ready for question number two? Let's go. What was the original name of the Daily Planet? Was it the Daily Star? B, the Daily Mail? C, the Daily Sun? Or D, the Daily Rios? (laughs) Peter, are you out there? Help. (laughs) Um... Let's go with the, ooh, um, A, the Daily Star? It is A, the Daily Star. Right. By the way, if you, haven't, if you haven't picked up on it yet, another tip for you is that D is always going to be a joke answer. And, and uh, Parton picked uh, the Daily Rios, by the way, so he, he, <laughs> he would he, he have missed that one. So Fun. See, because I'm sharing the... Uh, this presentation, I can't, I can't see the comments right now, so I won't be mm, able to see them until mm-hmm. we're done with the game. All right, question number three. The co-creator and original artist of Superman, Joe Schuster, modeled the Metropolis skyline after what city? 
Is it A, Montreal, B, Toronto, C, Quebec, or D, a combination of all three? I think I'll go with B, Toronto. And you are correct. B, Toronto. All right. So far, you got three out of three. No doubt. Question number four. The ultra-humanite has his brain transplanted into the body of which actress? Is it A, Dolores Claiborne, B, Dolores Fuller, C, Dolores Winters, or D, Bette Midler? Well, you know, if if it was Bette Midler, that would explain quite a bit about her, but I I don't think it was Bette Midler. Uh, Let's go with uh, C, Dolores Winters. C. Dolores Winters. Good job so far. You're rem- you. I'm I'm kind of surprised myself. I was I was hoping that you would go with other first names because I remembered her first name was Dolores. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that's okay, why I did that. It's not Kathy. It's not uh, Eustace. It's oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't want to make it too easy for you. All right, here's the final question in round one. What is the name of the Daily Star's rival newspaper? Is it A, the Morning Edition, B, the Morning Star, C, the Morning Pictorial, or D, Good Morning America? Oh, um, let's go with uh, B, the Morning Star. I'm sorry, oh, that is incorrect. The pictorial boo. So okay. for round one, you have you got 20 out of the 25 points. All right. Okay, round two. This is something I'm calling Action Comics or Superman. This one's gonna be pretty easy because really it's a 50-50 time type <laughs> of thing here. Um, okay. I'm gonna show you five scenes from uh that I randomly chose from the various golden age superman comics that we have read in our first year your job then is going to have to determine did it come out of action comics or did it come out of superman now again this is going to be kind of a 50 50 thing really and i'm actually not only going to show you the scene i'm also going to give you the title of the story oh okay each each one of these are also five points each so for round two you Uh, Like round one, you have the potential to earn 25 points. Ready? Yep. Here we go. Carnahan's Air. Is this from Action Comics or from Superman? Um, let's go. Let's go Action Comics. Action Comics number 24. Right. Do you remember this one at all? I don't remember the title, but I do remember the scene. The millionaire that was dying and asked Superman to mentor his son, who was a uh-huh. drunkard and a gambler. Yep. That's a pretty good one. All right. So that's five points so far. Well, that's fairly recent, too. Yeah. Luther's Incense Menace. Is this an action comic story or a Superman story? I'll go action comics. Oh, this comes out of Superman number five. Okay. Yeah. This is the one where Luther 
put like some kind of addictive controlling substance in this incense. Right. Yeah. Clark would go and interview people and what smells similar than, than all the Mm. other places I've been. All right. Next one. Wanted Superman. This from action comics or from Superman. I'll go Superman. This is action comics. Number nine. (laughs) Okay. My 50 50 is not working. (laughs) Do you remember this story though? Very early on, Superman had basically pissed off the 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 government. Oh, so yes. he became like one of America's most wanted. And then this uh, policeman detective from another city came in to to capture him. Right. Yes. Okay. All right. Superman champions universal peace. Is this an action comics or a Superman comic? Uh, let's go. Let's go, Superman. Superman issue number two. I don't quite remember this one. I think this is the one with the uh, the guys who were selling weapons. I, I, that's about all I can remember. Hmm. I don't remember this one all that well. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not hmm. bringing anything to mind for me either. Okay, so that was, uh, was five points. All right, last one for this round. The Economic Enemy. Is this from Action Comics or from Superman? Action Comics. Superman number four. This one, you know. Two for five. I said it was going to be easy because it was just a 50-50, but I don't know that I would have. I would have been guessing on on all five of those as well. I wouldn't have known. The Luther one, maybe, because I feel like most of the Luther stories came out of Superman, but I know some of them were in Action Comics as well. All right, so that takes us to our third and final round, which I'm calling Pick That Quip. (laughs) So uh, this is this this is my favorite. This is going to be my favorite one. So as we both know, Superman in the Golden Age can be rather quippy. And so what I've done is I've picked five panels, one panel from five different stories, basically. In which Superman is quipping, but I, I, I've taken the text out of the word balloon. <laughs> oh, no. Now, okay. I've made this. I haven't made this impossible for you. So here's here's what I'm going to do. Your job will be to, to determine what he's saying, what his quip is. But I'm going to tell you which story it came out of. I'm going to tell you which issue that story came out of. I'm going <laughs> to tell you which episode... We talked about that story. I'm going to give you the episode description that's out there on the internet for the episode. I'm going to give you a little backstory so you can get some context as far as why he's doing what he's doing in the panel. But I'm also going to make this multiple choice. I'm going to give you four quips to choose from for each panel, and you have to choose the one. Okay. Each one of these is worth 10 points. So this is the big round. You can earn up to 50 points in this round. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Panel number one. This panel comes from the story in Action Comics number 21. And the story was Superman and the Atomic Disintegrator. 
We talked about this story in episode number 30 back on November 28th, 2022. And I, I should mention that the dates are the dates that the episode was released, not the date that we recorded okay. the episode. So here is the episode description that I, I had put out there when I posted the episode. A scientist invents a powerful weapon in his apartment. The ultra-humanite uses a cat to steal the weapon, and Superman fights a pair of robots. So the backstory here to this panel is that Superman is being blackmailed by the ultra-humanite, and he is sent into town to steal the crown jewels. And he's doing this in exchange for the man who invented the atomic disintegrator who Ultra has kidnapped. Okay. So Superman heads into town, and then the Ultra Humanite narks him out to the cops. What we got going on here is Superman is hanging from a window ledge as the cops open fire, shooting him in the back. So pick the quip. Is Superman saying, the mosquitoes sure are aggressive around here. Thanks, fellas. I've been needing a good back massage. I wish you'd stop shooting bullets at me. I'm ticklish. Or I'm going to come down there and kill every single one of you. <laughs> um, uh, let's go with thanks, fellas. I've been needing a good back massage. <laughs> Incorrect. I wish you'd stop shooting bullets at me. I'm ticklish. All right. Here's panel number two. This comes from the story, The Challenge of Luther from Superman issue number four. We talked about this story on episode number 33 on December 19th of 2022. And here is the episode description. Luther challenges Superman to three contests. One of speed, one of strength, and one of resistance to injury. But does Luther have an ulterior motive? The backstory here is that Luther and his minions have kidnapped Professor Martinson for reasons I, I actually don't remember. <laughs> but to get the to get Professor Martin Martinson back, Superman accepts a challenge from Luther to compete in various tests to see which is better: Luther's brain or Superman's brawn. Superman wins each of the contests, and as the text in the panel states, seizing Martinson, Superman leaps back toward the city. And then as you can see, Martinson, who is tucked under Superman's arm, declares, ah, I must be dreaming. So pick the quip. What is Superman saying? With your eyes wide open? Do you want me to pinch you? Tell the Sandman I said hi. Or... I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um, do you want me to pinch you? No, with your eyes wide open. <laughs> okay. Such a dumb one. It's so stupid. Uh, all right. Panel number three. I'm sure you recognize this one. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. This this panel comes from the story, The Campaign Against the Planet, from Superman issue number five. We talked about this on uh, episode number 42 from February 20th of this year. And here's the episode description. 
It's newspaper against newspaper as war breaks out in Metropolis. Can Superman protect the Daily Planet from an evil politician turned media mogul? The backstory here is that gangsters have just snatched Lois Lane and tossing her in their car, they speed away. Superman then leaps forward and grabs hold of the bottom of the car, riding along underneath. And as the text in the panel states, as the auto climbs a curb at the end of its journey, Superman's head bumps against the curb, smashing it. So, pick the quip. Is Superman saying, just a good scalp massage? Just doing my part to fix potholes. I've always been hard-headed. Or, I'm going to kill this road. <laughs> How about uh, just a good scalp massage? Yes. Right. Ten points. All right. Panel number four. This panel comes from Action Comics number 27. The story is Brentwood Home or Wayward Youth. Mm -hmm. We talked about this on episode 47, just back on March 27th. And here is the episode description. Lois and Clark investigate the Brentwood home for wayward youth. Lois is thrown in a cell and Superman leaves a dog in a tree. The backstory here is that Superman has just entered the grounds of the Brentwood home for wayward youth. When the guard dog... Bonus points. Do you remember the guard dog's name? Uh, Rufus. Black, Black Satan, Satan leaps upon his back. And That's as the text in the panel states, ferociously the hound bites at Superman. But to its puzzlement, its sharp fangs leave no impression upon the Man of Steel's super tough skin. So, pick the quip. Is Superman saying, you need a ticket for this ride? Now, don't get discouraged. Don't break your teeth, or I'm going to kill this dog. <laughs> um, let's try. Now, don't get discouraged. Correct. All right. All right. Last one. This is for all the bacon. Now, this was this was the one where they had all the stuff in the basement. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah, I could have done all five quips just from that one story. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was... <laughs> it was a pretty crazy one. All right, this panel comes from Action Comics number 19. The story was Superman and the Purple Plague. We talked about this on episode number 26 back in October... Uh, October 10th, 2022, and here is the episode description. People in Metropolis turn purple and then die. What or who could be behind the purple plague, and how can Superman put a stop to it? So the backstory here is that a scientist named Travers has created an antidote for the purple plague, but then he's kidnapped. Superman is attacked while trying to rescue Travers, and as the text in the panel states... Wading into the terrified muscle man, Superman flings them about as if they were bowling pins. So, pick the quit. Is Superman saying, Oh, they fly through the air with the greatest of ease. Round and round they go, where they stop nobody knows. Hang on, boys, I'm taking you for a ride. Or, 
I'm going to kill all three of you. Um, hang on, boys. I'm taking you for a ride. Oh, that is incorrect. Ah. Oh, Boo. they fly through the air with the greatest of ease. Boo. So that's it. That's the game. Uh, let's see. You 50 points. 50 points. 50 out of 100. You got a, a 50%, brother. Yep. That was fun. That shows you I just read them and move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I I think I would have done fine in the trivia round. Uh, but the rest of them I don't I don't know that I would have done that great. Especially the quip round. I mean, some of the some of those aren't easy. But it was fun. Yep. I do have one other thing that I was going to do if you're if you're interested. Okay. I subscribe to a uh a news feed do you do you remember those mm-hmm. where you could uh you basically you any type of news website you add it to the feed and then it gives you the news stories and right one of them that i subscribe to is from uh one particular segment of the huffington post that only puts weird news okay and so i looked through some headlines over the last couple of months and i picked out the top three weird news stories of the last couple of months. Okay. Now, you know, one thing I, I neglected to say at the very beginning of this is that um, I had, you know, for about a year now, I've been kind of thinking about how I wanted to over on Stephen or else on that YouTube channel once a month, maybe do like a live stream on a Saturday morning or a, or a Sunday morning, have a guest on. And uh, I've just never done anything with it. So this episode kind of is is a is a, a test okay. for that. Some stuff that maybe I thinking about doing. Chris Parton in the uh comments <laughs> there has said that he's got to up well, his PowerPoint game. Well, Chris, if you ever uh get back to podcasting, dog, you uh you need to brush up there and, and be ready for it, you know? That's podcasting you. All right. I'm gonna Pull these notes up here on my on my screen. Headline number three. So this is the top three. Cooked bats seized by German officials near Belgian border. So I'm gonna I'm gonna these stories are very short. I'm gonna read each three each of these stories, and uh, after each one, we'll we'll kind of discuss, and then you can tell me after we go through the three if uh, you agree in my order. Okay. So this comes out of Berlin. German officials seized. Cooked bats, bats, and nearly a ton of unrefrigerated fish after police stopped a van that had entered the country from Belgium. Federal police said a patrol stopped the vehicle at a highway exit on the edge of the border city of Aachen. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And found the bats under the fish. (laughs) A vet from the local consumer protection office was sent to the scene and ordered the bats and fish confiscated. Police seized the van, which was uninsured. The 31-year-old driver, an Ivorian citizen, faced a criminal complaint for traffic offenses and unauthorized entry because he entered the country without papers, 
or a driver's license, police said in a statement. He also faces administrative proceedings for violations of food hygiene rules. And local authorities were looking into whether he violated conservation laws regarding the bats. A court in Aachen ordered the driver held in police custody pending his handover to authorities in Italy, where he was registered as living. Okay. Not sure why a guy's driving around with a bunch of cooked bats underneath unrefrigerated fish. Yeah, that that would be an interesting story. I I wonder if maybe he was trying to get from point A to point B quickly enough, and that's why the fish weren't refrigerated. Yeah. Um, Now, why he would hide cooked bats under the fish, I... Uh, unless there are specially trained bat sniffing dogs and the fish was intended <laughs> to throw them off, uh, you know, makes you feel like he know he knew that having cook cooking bats, just killing the bats, probably is yeah. uh, would get him in trouble. Yep. All right, number two, news story number two. Another another funeral home discovers woman presumed dead is still alive. Another funeral home. So that means that there's been at least one other Mm -hmm. that this has happened to. So this is out of Miller Place, New York. An 82-year-old woman was pronounced dead at a New York nursing home, but found to be breathing three hours later at the funeral home where she had been taken. The woman was pronounced dead at Waters Edge Rehab and Nursing Center at Port Jefferson on Long Island on 11.15 a.m., The woman whose name was not released was taken to the O.B. Davis Funeral Home in Miller Place at 1.30 p.m. And she was discovered breathing at 2.09 p.m. The woman was taken to a hospital. No update on her condition was available as of the time of this article. The apparent premature declaration of death occurred days after a continuing care home in Iowa was fined $10,000 over a similar incident. Authorities in Iowa said that a 66-year-old woman was declared dead on January 3rd at the Glen Oaks Alzheimer's Special Care Center in Urbandale, where she was receiving hospice care. The woman was placed in a body bag and taken to the Ankeny Funeral Home and Crematory, where workers found that she was breathing and called 911. She was returned to hospice care where she died on January 5th. The New York case has been referred to the state attorney general's office for investigation. An email seeking comment was sent to the nursing home, but a person who answered the phone there hung up. Officials at the funeral home told Newsday on Sunday, out of respect for the privacy and confidentiality of the families, we are honored to serve. We are not in a position to comment (laughs) further on this matter. What do you think about that one? Well. I do know that my wife, at times, uh, when we're asleep, she will wake up for whatever reason and being concerned that, you know, her moving around or whatever has woken me also, she realizes that it didn't, but then also realizes that I'm not breathing. So she'll reach over and put her hand on my chest, and it turns out that I breathe so shallow when I sleep that Mm. it... On on casual observation, I mean, the lights are out and just light through the window and whatever. Um, yeah. She can't tell necessarily that I'm laying there breathing. So perhaps even more so with old people, old people on hospice who is like 
Yeah. Well, they're they're definitely seeing the light at the end of that tunnel if they're in hospice. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's what's happening there. Now, you would think that a trained person would be able to tell someone who is breathing from someone who is not. It's yeah. I, I would think that's part of the training because uh, that's kind of an important yeah, distinction. Uh, you know, taking the taking the pulse and all that stuff. Something, you know. So, you know uh, but I, I don't know. You know, maybe in the middle of the night, and it's it's a uh, what they used to refer to as like candy striper or you know somebody like that that's volunteering or something, and uh, they're not specially trained and and. Uh, maybe it's kind of icky touching dead people anyway, you know? I mean, I could yeah, see yeah. Um, perhaps, but n- none of that, though, is really a uh, an excuse for why it should happen, because really it shouldn't. Chris commented on the live stream, who, me, podcast again? Never. Probably, definitely. Oh, so Chris is going to podcast the- again sometime, huh? I hope so. Mm. All I see him talking about is wanting to give away his comics just so he can get more boom books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude's got, hmm, it's like he's got a boom addiction. Addiction. Yeah. I, I don't know. Hey, oh. Uh, in case anybody's curious, Chris did a podcast with Ed called Boom Addiction. Boom, boom, boom Addiction. Yeah. It was, yeah. I had to, it's never funny when you have to explain the joke. All right, here's the number one headline. Rough day for man driving stolen school bus with dead deer inside. Okay. A man in York County, Pennsylvania, was arrested after allegedly leading officers on two separate vehicle chases in two counties. It all began after Pennsylvania state troopers stopped a a BMW with a Florida plate and questioned the driver, Tony Saunders. Local station WGAL reported that troopers said that they could see items in the car Saunders was driving that appeared to be from a nearby nearby convenience store where a theft had been reported. However, Saunders reportedly told police he got the items at a junkyard. There was also reportedly a dog in the vehicle and a dead deer in the trunk. Saunders allegedly drove away when troopers asked him to exit the vehicle and turned off his headlights during the chase to avoid detection. He reportedly had to leave the BMW when he wasn't able to maneuver the car over some railroad tracks. He then allegedly ran into a heavily wooded area. Later that morning, law enforcement agencies were notified that a school bus had been stolen in Abbottstown, according to Carroll Township Police. Carroll Township police officers first spotted the bus at a shopping center parking lot and eventually caught up with it. The driver pulled over briefly, but then pulled away and kept driving. The driver then allegedly led officers on a chase that ended after he abandoned the bus and ran away on foot while stripping off his clothes. Police apprehended and identified the driver as Saunders, who allegedly admitted he had stolen the school bus after crashing the BMW. He also allegedly claimed that he intended to use the dead deer carcass to fertilize his garden. Saunders remains in York County prison in lieu of a hundred thousand dollar bail. Okay, did he steal the BMW? Probably because I, I think, it had a Florida I think so, plate. Yeah. Yeah. So he stole the BMW, uh, hit up a convenience store, stole some stuff from there. 
saw a dead deer on the side of the road, more than likely, grabbed it up to put in his trunk, because he is poor and was going to eat the deer. That's also why he stole the convenience store things. Yeah, I would have to assume, because when he abandons the BMW, because he he crashed it or wrecked it trying to get across the railroad tracks, he then transfers that dead deer from the BMW into the school bus. So he wa- he wanted that deer. Oh, yeah. And it makes you wonder, was this was the school bus close to where he abandoned the? You know, did he drag this deer through the woods until he found something that he could steal this, i.e. the school bus? That's well, uh, yeah, he almost would have had to because. I doubt they would have just left the car where it was. They would have towed it to an impound. He wouldn't have known where that impound lot was, more than likely. So he ditched the Beamer, dragging the deer away somewhere, maybe, and then stashed it, went to look for another vehicle, found the bus, came to where the deer was, loaded it up, tried to take off. Yeah. Uh, I I surmise. I, I don't know. Those are weird stories. Yeah. I enjoy weird news stories. Sometimes all I need is to see, all I need to see is the headlines. Mm -hmm. Because the headlines by themselves are often just pretty good. Um, Do you listen to the podcast that Cullen Bunn does with his wife, Cindy? No. She, uh, okay, you know Cullen Bunn by name? Okay. Um, Does a podcast. It was much more regular until here. Post-COVID, things have kind of broken down as far as them having the time to do it, but they've released like one or two episodes in like maybe the last year. So it's it's still a thing that they want to do, but they just haven't fit it back into the new schedule that post-COVID has for all of us. Um, But one of the segments that Cindy does is weird things in the news. So she does... uh, Kind okay. of similar headlines, but I think she kind of looks for things that sound even freakier as far as the headline. These are yeah, these are kind of sedate compared to some of the weird things she digs up. I, I don't know where yeah. she looks, but. I, I had originally started following that feed because when I, one of the nine or 12 times I rebooted the Stephen Orell's podcast, I was doing, uh like a a headline Mm -hmm. for the week. And I wanted it to be not necessarily current events because stories like this doesn't, they don't have to be current to enjoy talking about them. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, you'd put in a, a a Google search for weird news and you just drop down a rabbit hole. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You know, some fun stuff out there. Yep. Yeah. Trust me. I I, working at nine one one. I've, I've had my, my personal share with um, oddness. I bet my uh, uh, best friend from high school, who I played in a number of bands with, his wife is a is a dispatcher. Yeah, that's uh, my my day job. Is I'm the uh, uh, map person for our county's nine one one, but I also mm-hmm. am cross trained to fill in dispatch if they get in a bind. So cool. I know she really likes it. She's been there for years and years and years. So um, she would have to be probably a, a, a unique person. Um, 
to really yeah. say she likes it. Uh, you know, not that she doesn't like it, but it can be. She tolerates it enough that she uh, hasn't sought out other. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that far and away, as far as having a job, the aspects of it are are very positive. Um, yeah. There's just, you know, those one or two things that you run into as a a phone dispatcher that you you really don't run into those situations doing most any other kind of job. And they can be the things that yeah. start to start to haunt you over time. So, yeah. I used to, uh, one of my, um, probably the second, you know, they say back in your, back in our grandparents days, they, they had, uh, one career in their lifetime. And, and these days folks can, uh, count on having an average of five. Okay. So my, my second career, I was, uh, uh, worked at a call center for the uh the free application for federal student aid. Ooh. You've ever had FAFSA? to fill one of those out? The FAFSA. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. And so <sighs> we would basically the our company had this contract with the Department of Education and the phone number that was on the FAFSA that you could call for questions on how to fill it out or just to get the school code for the school you wanted, wow. you know, back okay. 20 years ago when you just you know I remember when they started doing the application online, we got a lot, ton of questions there. But uh, the one call that I remember over any of them was a, uh, a dude who was filling out his FAFSA and he didn't like the fact that it asked for his social security number. Okay. And unfortunately, that's the, you know, they, their social security number is required. Yeah, it's, it's, used to file your FAFSA. That's, you know, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And he's, he, he tells me that the problem is, is he doesn't have a social security number. Uh, he did have one, but he hates the American government so much that he, this is what he claimed, somehow managed to have his name taken off of the social security administration's records, which no, he didn't do that. But the one question I wanted to ask him was, because he's like, I just don't want to have anything to do with American government ever again. So I had my number taken off the Social Security Administration's record. And I said, well, you're asking the American government for money, money. Yeah. to go to school. So which is it, buddy? Yep. You, you, know? you apparently don't hate them enough. So, so. Right? Yeah. And then you always get uh, at least once a week because... Um, we would have a lot of parents calling in who were filling out the application for their, for their student. Okay. And they had to be able to provide you with like social security number, date of birth of the student before we could give them any information off of that application. Oh, okay. You know, okay. cause we could look up the application and, and see everything on it. And, uh, invariably at least once a week, more often than that, probably there was a parent who, di who they didn't have that information in front of them. But God damn it, they wanted that information. That's their information on that thing. And they went, and I just, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't give it to you without that. You're the American government. Because they just always assumed that we were a government right. agency and we right. weren't. And so they would always say something like, you're the American government. You can do whatever you want. And again, I wanted to say, well, if, if that's true, why are you trying to piss me off? No doubt. Because then I can do I, all kinds of stuff to you of what you're thinking is true. I could just nuke you from here, sir. If that were right. the case, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. And then 
I think the the other thing that always made me laugh about that was, you know, if you're if your student is considered a the student is considered a, a dependent on their parents, and of course the parents' financial Income. information is taken into consideration. Yep. And uh, so we would get calls from these parents that would say, "Well, it says here that I'm not eligible. To, that my my student's not eligible for a Pell Grant." Right. It's like, man, that's what we're seeing too. But he didn't make any money. It's like, well, it's based on your income as well, and you know, it says here that you've got blah blah right. blah blah blah, yeah. and 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 two, you know, you got two, you own two homes and all this stuff. And they're like, they're basically like, well, but that uh, that's an investment. I don't actually have that money, and. I'd have to explain to him, look, the Department of Education, their stance is if you have a home that you can sell to pay for your kid's education, there you go. they want you to do that before they're going to yep. give you free money. That's it. And oh, it's always, it was always the people with a lot of money who would get really upset that they weren't getting yep. any free money. Now, you, you bring this up and it's interesting because... Um, my final, what, two years of undergraduate work and all three years of my graduate work, I worked at financial aid offices for those two institutions. Yeah. Um, the undergraduate, I was more a uh, filer kind of front desk kind of person. But when I was in graduate school working at the financial aid office, the... This is at this is my graduate work was at Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia, um, and while I was there, they instituted at the financial aid office an eight hundred number, where your entire enrollment process, as far as financial aid is concerned, you could call with questions. Yeah, I was one of the first two people to man that line. Yep. Ever. So, you know, they had no idea what the typical questions were going to be, the volume or nothing. It was just two students sitting at this big table hooked up with one end of an 800 number. And, yep. um, you know, even some of the questions, of course, were FAFSA related, but m more of the questions were related to specifics for what Marshall required for their scholarships yeah. and you know things like that. But yeah. yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. It always seemed like the people the people who took news the worst as far as the information we saw were always on the higher end of the income bracket. Yep. You know, and it's like because so, so, they're used to getting what they want. I guess, you know, I've, we've got these poor people that we can look and see. Financial aid is the only way they're going to be able to go. And we have to yeah. give them the lowdown that you're not going to be able to go. And, yeah. you know, the conversation, you know, boohoo a little bit sometimes. But that was it. No, the, the, the average annual income was seven and eight digits. And oh boy, they would raise beef on the phone like nobody's business. It's like, oh, yeah. dog, oh. I, you know, I'm sitting here looking. Yeah. You you could get a name on a building at the school. What you know? What are you complaining about? Yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, with the with the with with that call center, of course, and I think it's it's probably the same with people with for many call center. You know, there's there's certain questions that you just get all the oh, time. Yeah. 
And so, you know, you know that you go in for the day that you're going to have, there's like the top 10 questions that you know you're going to get that day. You should get them every day. And the number one question that I got uh, was from parents filling out the FAFSA. The first line on the FAFSA, student's last name. Second line on the FAFSA, student's first name. And so the parent would be, they'd get to that. They'd start filling out. They go, hmm, call us up. All right, so this says uh, line one, student's last name. Is that my last name or my son's last name? Is your son the student? Yes, he is. It would be his last name. You're filling it out for the student. Who's yes. going to get the money? Yep. Right. Yeah. That's why it says student's yeah, name. Yeah. Not parent of student. But yeah. Good times. Oh. Good times. Oh, yeah. Good time. Now, before... Before that, I think I've told you this before. I worked in a worked third shift in a factory that manufactured medical tubing. Yes, yeah, that was a lot of fun too. But it was third shift, and we had literally it was a it was a great big old factory uh, that did all kinds of stuff uh, when it came to medical, not just the tubing, but other various things. But uh, the biggest part of it was the medical tubing. But in on third shift. Everywhere else in the building was was empty. It was just us. Okay. And we had like one manager. And uh, eventually I got to the point where I was on the, the quality control team. And they only needed one on third shift. And all I had to do was once, once every hour, I had to go over and like take this little thing and measure. Right. All right. The tubing is, is coming out the same thickness all the way around. Okay. You know, test like, test like 10 of them. All right. And I go to another line and go, okay, these are sealing correctly. And then I just, I said to sit around and do nothing until, wow. <laughs> until the next hour. Okay. And actually it was every two hours because they had a guy that ran, they called them the extruders. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you'd pour all the little pieces of plastic or whatever the tubes were made out of the little, I don't remember even what they're called. Just like these little dots right. that is, are melted Micro beads. and then formed into the tubing. Yeah. They had to check every, so it, like we had to take turns. One hour they would check the tubes. Okay. Next hour I would check the tubes. Okay. And so, yeah, I spent a lot of time in in the extruder operator's office reading a book. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good job. Yeah. I, the only reason I left that job is because they closed up, and moved it to Mexico. Okay. So where they could pay people far less than what they were paying you for that good yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, you know. Shouldn't have been paying me to sit around and read a book. Yeah, well, you know, they, they most I did, you know, I did maybe really it just it seemed like a really weird thing because my job description had me literally working maybe 30 minutes the entire night. OK, why? Why would they do that? Uh, some requirement somewhere else that they can say yeah. they're doing it. Check. It's, yeah, it's like like some medical safety requirement what, whatever, or something. Whatever, yeah. F-D-A-C-M-P-Q-R-L uh, requirement. Uh, yeah. We had we had to wear hairnets. Okay. Uh, I didn't have a beard back then, but if you had a beard, you had to wear beard net. Okay. What's uh, some of your crazier jobs? Um, actually, I, I haven't had a high volume of them. Um, most of the ones I've had, I just stuck around until I found something better. Um, I was a, uh, 
what do you call it when you sell stuff on the phone? Telemarketer. Yes, I, I did telemarket. Uh, I sold. Now, m- most people nowadays would find this hard to believe, but I sold over the telephone additional phone service f- for phone lines. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, these these are those, those hard to figure out things like uh, answering machines that were online. Um, distinctive ringing. Uh, that was that was a good one. Uh, call forwarding. You know, all of these concepts that like are yeah. part of a chip in these. Yep. I mean, it's not. Yep. But that was right when I first got into telemarketing. That was one of the things, and it was for it was for one of the baby bells, um, S- Southern Bell or one of my I forget which one it was. Um, and you know, it's it's funny. Those features you never hear anybody talk about having them now because yeah. they're so ubiquitous on the phone that it's like, well, I, I don't even think about that. If if mm-hmm. I'm not at the office, I just send those calls to my cell phone, and that that's called call forwarding. It yeah mm-hmm. okay. So it's it's crazy when you think about that kind of stuff because, I mean, for example, um, you used to have to pay for long distance. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know? big money. Yeah. Um, my first cell phone, the best time to make a long-distance call was during the week. Because on Friday and Saturday nights, yeah. it went up. It got more yeah, expensive to make long-distance yep. calls then. So if you were going to do one, you would do it on Tuesday night or Wednesday, you know, something like that. Yeah, it, I mean, now, no, I just pick up the phone and call. I don't know where yeah. it is. I don't care. It's right. You don't even, yeah, you don't even think about it. It's not even some, the back then you had to think about that. Okay. Is this a local call or is it out of town? <laughs> right. You is know, local God long forbid distance it's, or- yeah, God forbid it's another, it's overseas. International. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Calling Canada. You're just like, oh nah, man, I'll write them a letter, yep. you know? And then with the, the first cell phones, of course, you had to pay 25 cents for every text, not just the mm-hmm. ones that you sent but the ones you received. So you'd get pissed off if somebody sent you a text. Yep. And nowadays it's like, why are you calling me? Text me. Yeah, really. <laughs> just text me. Uh, yeah. Just, just text me. Do you remember when the, uh, the phone companies split apart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, did you ever have pagers? I did. Okay. Um, ne- uh, and it the 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 first half of the '90s when I was in the band Larry, we our first year as a band we played. Uh, I think our bass player he used to keep record of it. We played like 290 shows in one year. Wow! And we were we it was getting to a point where, uh, like because the bass player he's the guy that that booked all the shows. He would get a call from a club and, hey, can you guys play a show tonight? And so he'd have to try to figure out, you know, nowadays you just pick up your, you know, know, and but back in the 90s, early 90s, you just couldn't reach out to somebody like that. So we all got it, went in and got pagers so that he could page us. Hey, we need, we're, you know, 911, we're playing a show tonight. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, So you remember when the little pagers that just had like, eight or 10 numbers went to the big pagers that were alphanumeric both. And you could yep. actually send words. Yeah. They, they, yep. they got like the pagers got like three times the size and yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. It's a weird world. Well, it all, all 
steps towards you know what we have now from nothing yeah. basically to the kind of things this does. Yeah, so. from ching, 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 ching. yeah. Ching, 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 ching. I like seeing the videos online where uh, you'll see these videos where uh, some you know like a Gen X or someone of our age will put a rotary phone in front of their kid and go, show me how to uh, to to call somebody on this. Show me how to disconnect the call, and they're like. There's, I, there's not a, you know, trying yep. to figure out a disconnect and stuff like that. Yeah. Or a, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. yeah it's, I, I saw a video where a kid goes into his mom and he, she's just like, what's wrong? And he's holding a tape cassette and it's in its plastic case. And he goes, how do you open this? He couldn't figure out how to get it open. Funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's memes of stuff like that, that uh, go up on yeah. Facebook all the time. I'm always a yeah. fan of the, uh, People will hey Billy, Billy. People will never know uh, the what the difficulty or or whatever. And the the picture will have a cassette tape and a pencil. Oh yeah, and it's like it's like oh yeah, we <laughs> we remember those. Mm. <laughs> that was just you know, I don't want to be one of those guys. It's like well, it was so much better back in our day, but well. there was just something about sitting down with a stack of tapes or CDs and your, your, your tape deck, your double yep. tape deck, your, your, your home stereo was like different components and you would spend all day mixtape. putting together yes. a mixtape that you might listen to yes. maybe three times and then throw in a box and make a new mixtape. Cause it was really, it was mostly just about listening to the music and that was almost Kind of a good excuse to sit around and listen to the music well, was to put together two, a mixtape. Whatever your motivation for making that mixtape that day was gone the next day. So yeah. that's why, yeah. well, yeah, you might listen to it two or three more times, but you needed a new one because now the mixtape that you want is a different mixtape from what that one was. Yeah. And so, yeah, yep. the double the double player so that you could play and record on the... you. Push both buttons down at the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and then before that, I distinctly remember being in grade school and uh, a song that I would hear uh, all the uh, on the radio. Because when you uh, about that time, you were at this this age where, you know, it's like I'm really into music and I want to listen to music, but I, I'm not old enough to have a job and I don't have a car. So I can't go buy records mm -hmm. or tapes. I have to depend on my parents for that. So the, I distinctly remember the song, uh, everybody wants some, no, everybody wants you by Billy Squire. Okay. It, we, we had a, a, a show on the radio in the evening that would play like the top 10 popular songs. And that song was on there for like three nights in a row. So like the fourth night I got a tape and I put it in the tape deck. Tape it. I hit record and pause and just waited for them to, Oh, I got the song, but she always had the DJ at the beginning right. and the DJ at the end. but. You'd have tapes with 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 songs like that on there. Yep, just the ones you wanted to hear. You you didn't have to go yeah. through the rest of the list, the rest of the hour, the you know yep. whatever it was you were listening to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. I also remember in um I I believe it was 1986 when the first Poison album came out. Look what the cat dragged in. Because I had seen the video for Talk Dirty to Me on, on Headbangers Ball on MTV. And I, I was hooked. Okay. You know, I was, oh, Scott, I was into hair metal just big time back then. And, uh, but I would have been, 
I don't think I was 15. I might've been 15. I wasn't, I know I wasn't driving. And so my mom was going into Walmart one day. And so I went along with her because I had money. I was going to go buy that poison tape. So we get in the station wagon, we drive and we go in and, and immediately I'm, I, she, she gives me the keys because I'm just going to go buy the tape and get back out in the station wagon and listen to it. So I get the tape and I go out the station wagon. She's finishing shopping. And I, I'm looking at the tape cassette and the, the one, the song that I was really the most excited about, Talk Dirty to Me, which is the one I saw on MTV, was the first song on side two. So I'm like, oh, crap, I got to flip it. And my, my mom's station wagon, the tape deck in it, only had play and fast forward. Oh, so I had to put it on side one okay. and just sit there and let it fast forward through the entire side, take it out, <laughs> flip it over. I mean, I remember when they added the feature to a tape deck where it would flip it over for you. You know, that yes. was like, oh, my yep. God, it's flipping the tape for you, <laughs> you know, you just, yep. just didn't take that crap for granted. Now, my my kids were asked, one of my kids was asking me a few months back about uh, MTV, because I think I was watching music videos on on YouTube. I have certain playlists and and she was like, so explain MTV to me. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She says, well, I mean. If you wanted, was there like, could you see what time the different songs were on? No, it was like the radio. But on TV, you had if you wanted to watch a certain video, you had to sit in front of that TV and hope they played that video at some point during the day. Yeah, but you had no idea if they would. I mean, yeah, yeah. She's really hard for her to to grasp that concept. Well, and you know that that's kind of something that, um, well. Isn't that the the kind of thing that parents typically strive for for their children is to not for the kids to not have it as difficult as yep. we did, and so yep. you know we're we're we we parents always seem to be in favor of certain kind of advances because we remember when we were kids if we'd had that technology oh it would have been so cool so we want our kids to be able to have that technology, yeah. whatever it would be. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like on the one hand, it's, I'm just so thrilled that they are able to watch or listen to whatever they want to. It's right there. They don't have to work hard to get it. But at, on the other hand, it's like you almost appreciate it just a little bit more exactly. when, when, you, you, when you have to work for it. You, you don't know what it's like waiting for that top movie to get to yep. the television so you can watch it. Yeah. 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 yeah and my, my uh, daughter's in just right over here in the next room. She's going to hear me talking about her. But she just recently got her first job. Cool. And okay. uh, she had to work Sunday night. And she's really into Bob's Burgers. It's her favorite show in the world. And, and I'm assuming uh, it's on Sunday nights. It's on Sunday nights. We watch it through YouTube TV. So we watch the okay. we watch it live when it's broadcast. Right. Well, she couldn't watch it the other night because it wasn't. She, I, I think she was home, but something about YouTube TV wasn't working, and so she was just so bummed. Oh, I can't watch it. And my wife was like, "Yeah, that sucks." And then she kind of my wife kind of went, "But you can watch it tomorrow on Hulu." You know, when I was a kid, if I missed a show, I had to hope it was going to come back yeah. through the rerun over the summer or in syndication. Yeah. You know, no you just got to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> if you yeah. even have to wait, depending yeah. on what it is, yeah. it may immediately go to the playback yeah. section. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, man, catching a TV show. Now, that was, you know, because our our seasons ran like they do now, you know, 20 to 25 week seasons. Um, they began and ended. And then if you missed uh, episode eight, um, when the show started rerunning, who knows? They would rerun episodes all over the place. They wouldn't yeah. do a season. It, you, yeah. or, or if they'd go on like a mid-season break like they do. And then uh, during the mid-season break, they move the schedule. So it's no longer playing on Sundays at 7. It's on Wednesdays at 8. And you don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there were shows that I thought just disappeared and didn't realize they were just on a different night because I was watching yep. something else. They had six more seasons. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Well, there you go. Wasn't that a bit of fun? This part of the episode, by the way, that, you know, you're, you're listening to right now, this me speaking, this was recorded in August, just a couple of days ago, not in April, like most of the rest of the episode. Anyway, next week, you'll get the rest of what Ed and I recorded back in April, which is just two guys talking about all sorts of things. I mean, pretty much everything except Golden Age Superman, because you get enough of that on the Superman Super Show. Am I right? Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. But yeah, that's uh, that's something to look forward to next week, right? Right, right, right. I hope so. Until then, folks, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. The Just Another Fanboy podcast is a Stephen or else production. Questions and comments can be directed to justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else, and then come join in on all the fun at the Just Another Fanboy message boards at forum.justanotherfanboy.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month over at the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or, and in return, I am going to do my very very best to get you and your fellow patrons episodes just like this one before anybody else. I also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share this episode with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job. Uh-oh. We surveyed 100 people and asked them to name a way of toasting someone. Michelle. Over a fire. <laughs> Tell you what, if it's up there, I'll give you the money myself. <laughs>